Thanks for joining us for today's sermon on the Brick Church Sermon Podcast. My name is Jared Callahan, and I'm the lead pastor here at the Brick, and we're so excited that you're going to check out today's message. Our prayer is that each week the message inspires you, challenges you, and helps you connect to God, maybe in a brand new way. We also pray that you connect with us as a community, that it doesn't stop just with your connection with God, but it gives you an opportunity to connect with the people at the Brick Church. So don't hesitate to reach out. Let's jump into today's message. What's up, 10 o'clock? Yeah. All right, I'm excited you're here, and I'm excited about this series, and really prayerful um, that this series has the impact that I've been, like, that I've had envisioned. Um, Because what I think it can do, if you start to take this idea of call that we started last week, and you start to really believe it at your core, I think it can change everything for you. That's my goal, is that it, it shifts everything in your life Things are different because you start to realize you're called by God. Here's, what, here's the key verse uh, from last week, and we'll keep using throughout the series. It's in Matthew chapter 22, verse 14. For many are called, but few are chosen. Real simple. Many are called, few are chosen. In the parable, the illustration that's given is that there's a banquet, and there's a wedding banquet for the king's son, and all of the king's closest friends reject the invite. And so the king's like, forget it. I want people at my son's wedding banquet. Let's bring them all in. I want them all here. And he invites everybody. Go out to the highways and the byways. Like the people who accept the call to be one of my friends, to sit at my son's wedding banquet, those are my friends. Those are my people. That, whoever it is that's willing to accept it. So the, he concludes that parable with this sentence for many are called few are chosen I, I would argue that everyone is called that, that if at, at the very least that if you can hear me if you are watching online you're here in person or you're w- listening to this driving down the road weeks from now if you can hear my voice you are called by God there may be some exceptions that God hasn't told me about but I believe we're all called the distinction of these verses there's a lot of called. there's a lot of highways and byways moments just a handful are chosen and the difference between called and chosen is whether or not you have the faith to answer that call you have the faith to be like no no, no that was really God you know what I'm saying like like <laughs> God ringing your phone I got some old phones look at this bad boy this one's new I wasn't here last week in case you weren't here what's that what's yeah yeah bring it on telegram me yeah hit me up hit me on the TG that's what they called it back then y'all probably didn't know that TG yeah like I got some cool old phones but like you may, you may look and see that, like, this is God? No, nah, that can't be God. You may not have the faith to believe, and I hope through this series, and last week we instill in you the faith that, like, no, even you. Even you, God has called. Even you, God is asking you to set at his wedding banquet with, for his son and to enjoy the spread that he's got for you, to party with God, to live with God, to hang with God, to do all the things he's, he's calling you. It's really about those who have the faith to go, all right, even me. Even me, God, like, I know what my past was. I know some of you were like, no, not me because of my past. No, 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 that's not how it works. In Scripture, the beauty of of our Scriptures, of the the Scriptures that hold the Gospels, the Scriptures that Christians follow as the Word of God, the beauty of it is that it goes out of its way to outline all the people who messed up, right? Most of the the ancient texts that are of that day, they don't don't do that. All the other ancient texts show how amazing people were, right? There are very few flaws. They don't want to show their flaws. Like, even their flaws were really strengths. And so all of the ancient texts usually just show how amazing these people were, and that's why God used them. Our text shows how awful they were, how stupid they were, how much they couldn't have it together, and yet God did it anyways. And he's trying to prove to us. They're like, no, I'm calling even you. No matter how stupid you feel, 
no matter how little you think you know about Scripture, no matter what you think happened to you in your childhood that taints your life, no matter what anger issues you have, no matter how, what language you use at work, whatever you're in, whatever excuse you've got, I'm too old, I'm too young, God is saying, no, 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 I used even them. One, one last point, in case you're wondering, God used a donkey. Your, your wife may have called you the King James Version of a donkey, and still, God used the donkey, God can use you as well. I'm saying, like, you are called, and I hope and pray that you'll have the faith to answer. All right, God, what, what are you calling me to do? What we want to move into today is really try to galvanize the idea of a daily call, right? I, I, I don't want you to pick up the phone. Yeah, what's up? Yeah, I'll do, I'll do that today, but tomorrow's my day, right, God? Like, I got, I got, I got like, joint custody of my time. I got joint custody of my, my heart. Like, no, that's my day tomorrow. I get to do what I want Friday night. You got, you got Sunday. I get Friday night and Saturday night. You can have a couple hours on Saturday, but Saturday night, right? Like, w- no, it's not joint custody. That you, you answer the call every day, and you stay connected to God daily. That you believe so deeply within you that you are called, that you are chosen, and that thing matters, that it moves you to a daily call, a daily answer. Um, Jesus tells his disciples, he says, come follow me. That's what he's asking. Come follow me. Come, come join in my life. Uh, to be a disciple means you're doing everything with that rabbi. In their day, they had disciples. There's other people who were rabbis who had disciples. They did everything with their rabbi. Jesus is saying, do everything with me. Come follow me. Come be a part of my life. Eat fish at the lakeside with me. Whenever I go, you go. Whatever I do, you do. That's, that's the kind of life he's trying to have with us, is a life that's in a relationship with him every single day of our life, daily, daily answering the phone. He, he goes on to say that um, you want to pick up your cross daily and, fa- and follow me. Carry your cross every single day. All the burdens, all the guilt, all the shame, just, just go ahead and carry that, and let's, let's go. We got stuff to do. Not, not, not wait till you get cleaned up. I know some of you want to do that. Like, well, I'm going to answer that tomorrow, but I got to go. I got to get rid of this addiction first. Once I get rid of this addiction, then I'm going to really follow Jesus. Once I get out of this bad relationship, once I get past this stage in my kid's life, once I, once I get my spending under control, once I get out of debt, then I can really trust God in these areas. No, no, no. Today. He didn't, he didn't ask Peter to stop being a fisherman and learn how to understand what rabbis do before he followed him. He said, while you're just a fisherman and knowing nothing about scriptures, follow me today. He's asking you today to follow him, to trust him, to believe that, yes, even you, you are chosen, not just a select few, but you are chosen. And that faith takes you to another step, a daily step where Jesus looks for this. This is John chapter 10, verse 27. Here's what Jesus wants it to look like. He says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them, and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. What, I'm, what I want to get you to is a better flow with hearing the voice of God daily, every single day, stepping in to what he's called you to, what, what this voice is, this thing that lives inside of you, the scripture calls it the Holy Spirit. That, that I'm, I'm, I'm challenging you to see this, that when, when God calls you, he's asking and knocking to see if the Holy Spirit can live inside of you, and have a relationship with you. Holy Scri- the Holy Spirit in Scripture is, is, a, is a basically a, a, what the Trinity is called, a person of God. He's a representation of God. He is God incarnate in Jesus. Now he's God incarnate in the Spirit. And he lives in us, and he guides us and directs us. There's some, some things that it says about the Holy Spirit, the way it's supposed to exist. This is God in us and around us. He's a guide in Romans 8, 14. He's our guide. He shows us which way to go. He's a comforter or a helper in John 14, 16. There are, there are many days when you don't need comfort, like 
it's it's like it's like it's cold outside. You haven't you didn't think about your coat all summer long. You probably you had winter showed up and you're like, where's that? Where did I put that coat at? You know what I'm saying? If you're smart, you bundled it somewhere else so it wasn't blocking up your closet. If you're like me, it was sitting the same place. I dropped it last time and my wife told me to put it up and I didn't. And so that that was that's what happened to me. And I find the coat and like I don't care about my coat for long periods of time. And then all of a sudden, it's the most important thing in my life. Comfort is like that. When you need help. Oh, help is is wonderful. I don't need your help right now. But when I need you, you're the most important thing in that man, that Holy Spirit, when he's there, making sure he's there, making sure when you need comfort, when you need help, he's there, says that he's an advocate. Right. We have advocates in our society, and that's in Romans chapter eight, verse twenty six. We have people that advocate for us on our behalf. He's advocating. He's going before you and trying to advocate for things on your behalf. The Holy Spirit. It also says, lastly, in Ephesians chapter four, verse thirty, that he grieves that he's enough of, a, of an emotional being that he grieves, that you can, you can have a relationship with him, which is what he wants. He's knocking, he's calling, he's inviting. You can have that relationship with him, and then you can have days where you go, no, I'm good. I'm, I'm too sad to really, to really listen to you right now, so I'm going to do my own thing. And the Holy Spirit would be like, ah, but I've, I want more for you, Right? I, you, you can have days where you reject the Holy Spirit and he's got something for you and there's something you're supposed to do in somebody else's life, but you're too lost in what your schedule is on your joint custody situation with your time because you think that you signed up to follow God and that you get to keep certain hours a week. And he says, no, I'm, I'm actually asking for all of them. And so on those days you think it's joint custody with your time, you can be like, no, I'm going to do it. And he was trying to do something in somebody else's life and there was a life that was meant to be changed, but you had to have your time and your schedule. You couldn't stop what you were doing. I'm actually talking to me right now. If it feels like I'm yelling at you, this is how I sound in my head because that's what I do. My schedule's my schedule and don't interrupt my schedule. Don't interrupt me. I don't care what sob story you got. I got stuff to do. And the Holy Spirit's like, I'm sorry, you got stuff to do? So maybe, maybe you, you can just hear, you can, you can listen in while the Holy Spirit talks to me because that's what he says to me. And, and, he's, and he's there and I can grieve him when I go, no, 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 I'm good. I got too many things to do. I got a checklist of things that are supposed to be done today. I can grieve the Holy Spirit. See, the Spirit uh, is supposed to be every day. It's supposed to be a part of our connection point. He's the voice of God, and that this everyday Spirit, don't take it for granted. Don't take it lightly. It is the voice of God. It is the, it is the voice that spoke the worlds into existence, the universe, the, the ridiculous number of stars that we keep adding to. Every time I look up how many stars there are, they keep adding, and it's a number that I can't comprehend. It is like, are y'all making stuff up? I, I think that's somewhat... Are you, did you say Brazilian? Because that's I think that's a person that lives in another country. I don't think that's a number like they just keep making numbers up about how many stars there are, because that's how big the universe. That's that God spoke, spoke that into existence. That's the same spirit of God that parted the Red Sea, that that brought down the walls of Jericho, that gave Samson his strength to help David take out Goliath. The same Holy Spirit that when Jesus died, it defeated death, hell and the grave and brought Jesus back to life. That. That lives in you when you decide to follow Jesus. That, when you answer the call and you're like, all right, what you want? It's guiding you. It's directing you. There is a power in that where you are living, like he's in you. He's surrounding you. He's going before you, advocating, paving ways for you. And the activation of all of that is the faith that you believe it's true. The faith that you're like, all right, God, that's what you're doing in me. That's what you're doing for me. That's what you're doing through me. So even on my darkest days, I know you're working when I can't. I know you're doing some stuff. And that I believe that, it's not dependent on me. He, he took into account our ignorance, right? He took into account our mess ups and our mistakes that we are called to be guided by him. We all want to be good. 
but I'm challenging you to be guided, to be led by the Holy Spirit, that you're guided, not good. He'll lead you to be good, but the ultimate first step is being like, all right, I'll just do what you tell me to do. I'll, I'll, I'll go where you call me to go. I'll do what you've called me to do, to be guided, not just good. Um, and there's this, um, there's this, like, there's this dance, if you will. There's a cadence to the Holy Spirit, right? There's a flow of life that he's wanting to take you on, and we always want it to be a certain way. We always want, like the church I grew up in, I grew up in a Pentecostal church. We had a very narrowed version of what the Holy Spirit did and how you responded to the Holy Spirit. And it was good. It was true. It wasn't wrong. I don't have any uh, ill feelings towards that, that, that raising or that belief system, but that's a, a, a portion of what the Holy Spirit does. There, there's a cadence and there's a flow and the Holy Spirit can, can move you to ways that are overwhelming, that you can't even speak, that you can't fathom, that he can overwhelm you. There's a description in the, whole, in the scriptures that talk about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. It is overwhelming. That exists. But there's also a cadence and a flow and moments where he's with you in the dark, moments where he's with you in the difficulties, moments where he's with you on the mountaintops, moments where you can't speak because of how in awe you are of the goodness of God. There's a, a cadence and a flow like a dance. Uh, where he just, some of y'all are going to get real uncomfortable here in just a minute, because I'm talking about, I'm talking about which way the Holy Spirit's leading you, and you might have to follow. You might have to look him in the eyes and trust his steps, because there's a cadence, and sometimes he steps on your toes, but it wasn't because he was doing the wrong steps, it's because you weren't following well, but there's still a cadence, and you know what? He's a good teacher, He's a good friend. He's a, he's a kind father that is going to guide you. Like, Hold up. No, we're good. Sorry about your toes. Didn't, didn't want that to happen. You just got to listen. You got to watch me, and you got to dance. And some of y'all are embarrassed for me. But guess what? I ain't embarrassed. I'll dance like, uh, I ain't scared. Because y'all are more worried about what everybody else thinks about you than the flow of the Holy Spirit in your life. And today, I'd, I want you to care more about the dance that he's got you in than the nasty ways the world wants you to dance. I don't care what they think. I want the Holy Spirit guiding my life. I'm called. I'm chosen. I don't care what all of the other king's friends did on the banquet, how, whether or not they rejected it. What the Holy Spirit is calling me to do matters more than all of those things. It's a, it's a dance. It's a flow. There's a cadence. It's a journey. It's an adventure. Every single year, at the beginning of the year during the fast, I'll listen to some books. I don't like to physically read anymore. I don't know what happened to me. I used to have to read. Now I don't. I listen to it all. I'll listen to books, and I'll listen to children's books. You do you. I'll do me. You can judge me. I'll dance on stage, and I'll listen to kids' books if I want to. There's these books called The Chronicles of Narnia, but they're by C.S. Lewis. And out of, other than Scripture, they, for me, do the best job of portraying the adventure that God has us on. They do, I mean, it, it is like, for me, when I'm listening to this, I can feel the Holy Spirit at work in what it's telling me and the way and the cadence and the way the flow God, that, that God works and the ways in which we have life adventures that seem really difficult to overcome. We have places in life that are so hard and you don't think you're going to make it through, but if you can look at scriptures and look at somebody else's story, go, oh, wait a minute. God did it for them. God can do it for me. And I've seen moments where he did an adventure like that. I've seen moments where people were struggling. and God brought them through. This may be like the, the cross moment where it feels like, God, why have you forsaken me? Only to find out in three days I get to, I get to do what now? I get to raise from the dead? That spirit lives in me. There's, a, there's an adventure that your life is called to take. There's an adventure. Um, and, and one of the imagery that we used earlier is that the sheep hear my voice. They know my voice. And so then there's the imagery of a shepherd, or, or even the imagery of our, our called. Let me go back. With our, our called series, there's the imagery of being called. There's the imagery of listening. And there was, a, there was a season years ago in the Old Testament 
where the spirit of God was very limited, right? Kind of like when you got called, it was limited. Back in, anybody raised in a house that had one of these? Somebody? Okay, that's what I'm talking about. You, this is, this is, am I doing this right? Okay, I'm just making sure. It's not like this. That would be great. This is like that. It's like this. So th- this is, this is very connected. This is very connected. It's connected to the wall. I know I don't have, I don't have the wires for it. We don't even, I don't even know where to find the wires for this anymore. But w- this is, this will be connected to the wall. And I've got to stay connected to the, to the adventure that God has for me like this in times past. There was very specific people that I'd call. You had to check the operator. Hey, operator, could you lead me over to, uh, to Susie, yeah, yeah, down the, no, the other Susie, yeah, that one, yeah, the butcher's wife, that one, I want to holler at her, right, that was what, that, that sounded bad, that's not the way I meant it, that's not the way I meant it, let me DM Susie, let me DM Susie, DM, yeah, direct message, let me holler at her, all right, so, it's going south fast, it's going south fast, you used to have to stay connected to it, and you, you might even need an intercessor before you, but the way that it works now is not the way that it used to work. It's not just like I can only answer the phone when I'm there. You know already back to this day when you had these flip phone bad boys, you got called all the time. I'm not sure what y'all are doing calling me still I wanna, when you can text me. You know good and well you can text me. Don't call me. I'm le- I found out the other day, this is a real side note, I found out the other day that uh, if you just wait, it'll actually start the iPhone anyways. The new update will actually read you the voicemail as they're saying it. You're going you're gonna to have to try it when you get home. It just, I just found out this week. I was like, oh, my goodness, my uncle is reading. I didn't have to answer. I'm just going to wait, find out if I really need to call you back. And so the, you're connected all the time, whether you like it or not. People are calling you like, oh, wait, do you need something important? Because you better type ASAP when you text me, because otherwise I'm going to answer when i got time. It's so connected, you can even go into, like, fully connected. And I can have my Bluetooth in. And I can have it fully connected, and I can be listening, and I can be tied into to all the stuff. Doing the dishes, just tapped in. Holy Spirit just working in my life right now when he wants to answer. Hands are full. I got a lot of stuff going on. Hey, Siri, answer that. These stupid kids ain't doing the dishes right. They don't rinse them off. Anybody like doing the dishes around here? Nobody likes doing the dishes. It's okay if you do. I got some at the house, actually, if you do. I can just be up there just complaining and the Holy Spirit's like, wait a minute, didn't you? Didn't you pray for this? Don't you have a sink full of dishes because you got a house full of healthy people that like to eat? The thing you were complaining about, the Holy Spirit's saying, is maybe the thing you used to pray for. Maybe it's the byproduct. And I can stay so interconnected to the Holy Spirit every single day. That's, that's the flow. It is an everyday cadence where he can interrupt your day in the middle of doing dishes and say, Remember this moment because they're going to grow up and they're going to leave. And you only have your dishes to do. And you'll look back and think, mm, I wish I had some dishes because that, that would mean I had a table full of family. That, that meant I had a, a table full of people that we could talk through or watch TV and hang out, do all the stuff with. But now, now I got to go get them from college. I got to go basically pay them to show up at my house. Right. Like all of those things, like there are things in your life. The Holy Spirit is trying to interrupt and he's trying to say, like today, this is the day today, every day. There's an adventure you are called to be on and you are called to follow the good shepherd. You're called. There's there's a cadence. There's a there's a psalm. And this psalm you probably all heard because it's at every single funeral ever. And the reason it's at every single funeral is because it's a really good flow of what life looks like. A life well lived, it's a good snapshot of what it looks like to live in the cadence and the flow of the Holy Spirit, the ways in which you have mountaintops and valleys. It's Psalm 23. So the first time I'm going to read it, I'm going to read just the whole thing. It's not going to be on the screen. I just want you to feel 
with the cadence and the flow of a life that is, is connected to the Holy Spirit, that's got its Bluetooth hooked up to the Holy Spirit and is staying listening to all that God has for him. And then we're going to break down what that may look like in your life. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Cadence. Mountaintop moments. Valley moments. Let's take a look. Verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. Like the, the, He's my guide. The Holy Spirit is with me every single day, guiding me, directing me. I don't, I don't need for anything. What I need is more of him and more direction from him, but I don't need anything else. The, the, Jesus, when he tells us with the Lord's Prayer, he's like, Gi- give me this day our daily bread. I don't, I, don't need, I don't need what I'm going to need tomorrow. Just let me get today, and, and let me trust you with today. Let me trust you with just this moment. He tells you, like, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's got enough stuff to worry about. Just let me guide you through today. Guided, not good. Let me just guide you through today. You have enough of what you, what you need right now. Just trust me in the guide. Don't, don't look over. Don't, don't, no, you don't need to know what the other sheep are getting. They're none of your business. What Henry the sheep gets, none of your business. How fat he gets, when he gets sheared, none of your business. Do you got enough? You got enough on your plate? You got enough at your table? Yeah, but you don't know about Henry. Henry, always, like Jesus loves Henry more than me. I don't understand. No, 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 no. Do you trust the shepherd in your life? Not in their life. You don't, you don't, do you have needs? Do you have needs? Because if you have needs, when he's my shepherd, I don't want. But when he is, when I'm, when I'm wanting, then it means I need to be closer to the shepherd. There are moments in my life where it's like, I don't need a single thing. And when I do need something, it's because I need to get close to the shepherd. I need to draw in to the shepherd of what he's called me to do, how he's called me to live. And not 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 part-time, but full-time. He's my full-time shepherd. He's there with me all the time, and I can turn to him. Verse 2, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Some of you aren't going to like this, but even the Holy Spirit will lead you to rest. Some of you work and you work and you work and you think that you're going to prove your goodness and you're going to show the world how much value you have. And I'm sorry to tell you that God already placed the value in you, that you can't work to your value. You can't add to your value. You can't make enough money. You can't look good enough. You can't seem good enough. You can't speak good enough. You can't have enough hair, not enough hair. You can't have you can't be too fat, too skinny. There is nothing you can do to get to a place where you have uh, assigned your value. It's him. So stop. When he says rest, it's time to rest. It's time to breathe. It's time to trust his cadence and his flow. His dance moves are much better than the world's dance move. Trust his cadence and his flows. And there are, there are moments where you need a Sabbath. There are moments you need a Sabbath every week, but there are moments where you need time. You need rest. And this is not the season to overfill your schedule. Your kids that are at a very crucial age where you need specific time and you need to make sure that you have a few evenings off to hang out with them, to talk with them, spend alone time with them. You'll have other seasons. What is true for right now won't be true for always. And you need to trust the cadence and the flow. And when he says, hold up, time to take a drink. Don't worry about what the other sheep are doing. What I need you to do is rest. 
What I need you to do is not try to pad your career to look good and try to find your value and how much you can attain. What I need you to do is trust me and trust when I say to rest. Because what I got is more for you than you could ever have for yourself. Because then he goes on, verse 3. He restores my soul and he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Guided, not good. He leads me. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't good enough. I didn't crush it. I wasn't the best. I've got mistakes. I've got struggles. And yet in the midst of those, he still guided me in righteousness, still guided me to place a smooth path whenever everything I did should have been a, a bumpy route. If I'll lean into him, if I'll trust his rest, if I'll trust his guidance, if I don't want for everything else everybody else has, but yet want for what he has for me, he says he's going to lead me. Verse 4, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. There are seasons where the cadence and the flow of life, because the way the world works, because of the fact that there is sin in this world, there are dark valleys that sometimes you have to go through that you end up going through that had nothing to do with you. Now, most of the time, most of the time, we did it to ourselves, right? If we're honest, most of the time we look back and be like, yeah, that was, I didn't follow the Holy Spirit on that one. I shut my Bluetooth off. I disconnected my phone line. I, I ran away from as fast as I could, and all of a sudden I ended up in a dark valley. And guess what? Even in those seasons, he is good, and he is faithful, and he's there to answer. But there are also some. You didn't do nothing. Life happened. The fact that death and sin exist in the world means that there are dark valleys you're going through, and God is guiding you right through them to get you back to the next mountaintop. I don't believe, I know there's some, some of us, some friends of mine, like, hey, you know, these things, these sad moments, they're really good teachers. No, no, God's a good teacher. God's a good teacher. Those things, those moments, those dark moments, no, no, he'll leverage them. He's not going to waste them. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you're not going to learn anything in those seasons of grief and pain and struggle, but they're not there to teach you. It's God that's there to teach you. And if he leverages every moment, he'll even leverage the bad ones. All the things that Satan meant to destroy you are the things he's trying to use to exalt you, to raise you up, to lead you to the next path. And in that moment, the things that, in my opinion, are very uncomfortable, that in most seasons are very uncomfortable, start to become comforting. See, in the, in the valley of the shadow of death, it says the rod and the staff, they comfort me. The rod and the staff, they comfort me. Those, are, those aren't very comfortable elements. They're, they're long, hard sticks that are going to poke at you. Th these are things that, like, on a good day, when you're laying beside the still waters as a sheep, just chilling with your Heavenly Father, flowing with the Holy Spirit, and He starts to guide you. It's like time to get up. So I'm like, no, I started to enjoy this rest. I need you to chill. That's not, you're getting poked and prodded and moved. But in the, in the dark valley, in the darkness, there are things that the Holy Spirit will guide you in that you're like, oh, you're poking me because I know you're there. Like, you, I can lean in and that, that, that indicates you're there. The little bit of correction, a little bit just helps me see my next step because I can't see my hands in front of my face in the shadow of the valley, in the valley of the shadow of death. But that, oh, there's a little bit of guidance, a little bit of step, and I trust and I follow. And when he guides you, when he leads you, his next step, verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. If you'll lean into the staff and the rod, you'll lean into the presence, even in the darkest times. He's trying to get you somewhere. He's trying to take you to a place where, where there's a table, where there's a feast, where there's, where there's abundance, where there's a place where it's like, I know, I know what you just went through. Let me, let me, let me clean you up. Let me, let me anoint your head. Let me, let me show you what it looks like because I, I don't want you to have to go through that. I wish you didn't have to go through it, but now that we're through it, I'm a, I'm a, we've got a feast. We've got a relationship. You trusted me. We got to We got to the other side. We're in a mountaintop. There's mountaintops and there's valleys. And even when everybody else was trying to destroy you, everybody was waiting on that valley to take you out. You get to get on the other side and be like, 
what the Holy Spirit do now, huh? Okay. <laughs> I made it, didn't I? Huh? You thought I was going to die. Uh-huh. You probably aren't going to have that attitude. You're probably better than me. You're probably not supposed to have that attitude. But that's still what God does for us. Verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'm in his, I'm in his house. I'm one of his kids. I get to sit at his table as one of his I'm, I'm going to follow the flow. Do you see the ebbs and the flows and the cadence of life that he's taking you on, this adventure that he has for you, this thing that at the end of life we read this? I hope it's true about you. I hope you look back and go, man, God was good. I saw the ways in which the Holy Spirit led me. I saw the ways in which this thing worked. I saw the ways in which God was good to me, even in the darkest times. I hope this thing is, is true about you because today you answer the call. You trust the Holy Spirit in your life and you take every step he leans into for you to take. That you trust him. And if you'll pray, I believe he'll be faithful. I, I believe like no matter what, no matter who you are, no matter what you came from, no matter what your background is, no matter how much scripture you know or how little scripture you know, I believe if you'll ask, he will answer. If you ask for the Holy Spirit to guide you to be a part of that relationship, I believe he answers. James 1, chapter, uh, James chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. When you ask, when you ask, trust him. Trust that he's going to guide you, that you have the faith to believe that you're chosen. The second you have the faith that he called, the second that you activate, take the step. He'll guide you in wisdom. Don't doubt. Now, now, this idea of doubt, um, I think many times we think it's a thought. I think most of society would say doubts are about your thoughts. But scripturally, these emotions are shown in action. So when, when scripture is telling you not to doubt, he's talking about your action. He can't do anything when you're double-minded in the sense that you take action steps that are split. You've got to decide. Like, we've all got questions. We've all got wrestles. We've all, like, Scripture has where David is basically yelling at God, God, why'd you let this happen? Is your arm too short to really bless me? What's going on? And yet, God, I'll serve you. You can have the, des the, the doubts. You can have the questions as far as your, your mental state is concerned. It's about what you do with your feet. Your feet tell you whether you're doubting or not. You, you can feel like, God, I just don't know where you're at, yet I'll trust you. That's faith. Yeah, I don't know why you let that happen. Why didn't you answer? I prayed and I begged and I prayed and you didn't answer. But God, every other area you've been good enough in, I'll trust you. That's not doubt. That's faith. That's real faith. That's active faith. That's the kind of double thinking that he's saying don't have. Don't have the one where it's like, God, I'll trust you with all my relationships except for this one because she's fine. Okay, I'm going <laughs> to do, I'm going to date whoever I want, however I want, whenever. Except everything else, though. You can have my kids. You can have everything stuff, but don't, don't touch my money, though right? It, it is saying, God, I'll, I'll give you everything and then holding back something. That's double-minded. He can't do anything with you when you're going two different directions. You can't go two different directions at the same time. You can't work for God and do the things of God and live in this ebb and flow of the Holy Spirit, the dance of life that God has called you to, and try to do two different things. You can either follow the ways of this world or you can follow the ways of the Holy Spirit. It's one or two. Double-minded doesn't work. You got to decide, does he get it all? Is he trustworthy? Is he good enough? All right, God, then give me the answer. And what he says is he'll give you wisdom. Wisdom is, is about knowing how to act on, on knowledge, right? Knowledge is good. It's good to know things. But I, I know people who know good stuff and do stupid things, right? You know very smart people who do the dumbest things. It's not knowledge. All of us pretty much know what a healthy diet looks like. But, man, it's hard to follow through. 
You know what I'm saying? All of us know we have knowledge. It takes wisdom to find and critique and adjust and tweak all the things and the parameters I need to eat healthy. Like, I've got to make sure there's, like, accountability partners, someone to slap that cupcake out of my hand, all the stuff that needs to happen in order for me to have the right parameters to eat healthy. Even though I know something, it takes wisdom to act on it. And the Holy Spirit gives you supernatural wisdom to act in places you just didn't know. He knows more than what the market knows. Where the investments are going to go, He knows more. The Holy Spirit can start to activate on things. He knows more, guess what, than you. I know it's hard to hear. I hate hearing it too. No, He knows more than you. And so there are things you're wrestling with you don't know about and you're wondering like, ah, but God, you're why would I do that? That's stupid. Why would I not take this promotion? Ah, because, oh, years later, you're going to look back and be like, that was wisdom. Because that w- I did not need that stress in that season. I had too much crucial things going on over here. I had too much stuff to do with the church. I had too much stuff to do with my kids. There was too many important things that mattered in this season. I'll get the money later. I'll get the promotion later. But right now, I'm going to trust God because his wisdom supersedes ours. And he says this. Here's his promise. Uh, Psalm 37, verse 23 and 24. The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. It, this, isn't, this isn't about perfection. This is about progress. You are learning a flow. Like, you, like when you were first married, for those of you who are married, uh, you, you, didn't pr- you didn't crush it. Okay, and if, if you <laughs> if you think you did, your spouse been lying to you. No, you was the best. You was always great. No, no, they learned how to work around you because you're crazy. <laughs> but when you were first married, you were in a dance and you were figuring out the way I speak love is not the way you hear love. And you keep judging my tone, but I wasn't even talking about you. I was talking about something else. You got mad at me. I wasn't even trying to yell at you. You made me yell at you. No, that's not true. That didn't happen. <laughs> but like all of these cadence and flows, you're learning how to love that person well. There's a flow. And in the Holy Spirit, you're learning how to hear and take the steps. But guess what? You were with the partner that has got it all figured out, that actually has it all together. And he took into account your ignorance. So when you go, God, I don't, I just don't know, but I've done everything I know to do to take this step, but I'm just not sure, but just give me wisdom. Stop the door if it doesn't, block the door if it's not supposed to be open, but I'm, I'm going to take the step. He says he'll make it firm. When you do your best to listen, he'll, he'll lock it in. The things that you think that there were probably were mistakes. He works it out like it makes it look like it always was planned like that. That's how good he is. If you'll just have the faith to believe he's guiding you. God, just steer me. If I'm going the wrong direction, this is the step I got to take. There's a fork in the road. I got to take a step. God, I think this is you. I'm going to take it. He took your ignorance into account. You don't have to be frantic. The Holy Spirit is going before you. He's smoothing out paths. Just trust. Just have faith. What I'm, what I'm, what I'm inviting you to see is that the Holy Spirit wants to be in your life. He wants you. Do you want him? Do, do you want him in you? I remember a season where it was like 51%. And I didn't know. I wasn't sure. I just thought, ah, I was supposed to take a job. And crazy enough, I actually applied for a job, went to the interview, and it was a very extensive interview. It was a church in, Tol- in Broken Arrow called Life Church. Really extensive interviews. Everybody talked about how difficult the interviews were. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to do it. Took the, <laughs> took the interview. Went to the interview, did the job, and they were like, all right, cool, we want to hire you. And I was like, hold up, let me pray about it. That sounds really weird. I don't know if you've ever apply- if you've ever interviewed somebody, but it would be really strange if you were like, yeah, you got the job. And they're like, nah, I don't know yet. <laughs> let me think about it. Like, what would you come to the uh, application for? Why would you come to the interview? I was like, I wasn't sure. And I was just on this fence of like, God, I, I don't know if it's you. It seems like i got to go a direction, but I just don't know. I just wasn't sure. I just didn't know. And I got to like what I would say is 51%. It was more likely than not that God was calling me to do it. But 51% don't feel good to me. I need at least 75, 80% from the Holy Spirit. But in this season, he wasn't giving it. 
He just was not giving me any sort of unction. Every wisdom I could seek, every person I could ask, it just didn't add quite up. It's like, all right, God, I got to take a step. 51%, I'll take the step. That two years with Life Church, that two years was some of the most crucial years for my leadership, for my confidence, for what the Brick Church is today is an outshoot of what they taught me, what they trained me, how I could become in that season. Because he, he made my, my foot firm. He made my step firm. When I wasn't sure, when the world was shaky, when the, there was a fork in the road, he made the steps firm. That's the beauty of the Holy Spirit in your life. He will make paths straight that were used to be crooked. He will top down mountaintops to get you there faster. But you just have to have the faith to believe it's him and that you can trust him. The Holy Spirit wants to live in your life. He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to dine with you. He wants to have a daily relationship with you. Do you want him? some of us we just want him part-time he's a full-time God it's a full-time relationship it's a covenant kind of relationship it means more than just a sign on the dotted line no no no. there, there was blood at stake for this relationship that's how much he wanted you that's how much he wants you every single day he's always there and it's about whether we lean in to listen it's whether or not we can lean in a little closer to hear and today I pray that you'll spend some intentional time trusting and leaning in. Let's pray. We're so glad you joined us for today's message. Our prayer is that God got the message you needed most today. If you're still here joining us and you're looking for an opportunity to connect to the Brick Church through giving, you can do that by texting the word BRICK to 45888. That's the word BRICK to 45888. The first time you do that, it's going to send you a link, give you the opportunity to connect that number to a credit card, debit card, or bank account. And as you connect with us and we partner together to reach people, we pray that God blesses you in your giving.